what we call yichus about uh, um, uh, remember the till now we talked about the mechanics of marriage, you know the um, and conditions and other things. But assuming two people marry, what if they have two different statuses, a different, uh, and how does that work? And so we're going to see it's quite complicated, um, and we're going to uh, jump in and let's begin. Kol makom shiesh kedushin. Um, so let's say you have two different, um, the husband and a wife come from two different statuses, but legally they are allowed to make the marriage, and there's nothing illegal about their marriage. There's two categories of illegal marriages. There are people that you can't be married. If you want to marry your sister, you're not married. It doesn't work. Um, uh, it means that you could propose and you could... Uh, act as if you're married, but it's impossible to be married to such a person. Then there are other people who technically you are married to them, but you're not supposed to be married to them. Uh, a Kohen Gadol marries a widow, or a Kohen marries a divorcee. They are married, um, and the wife would need a divorce, but they are not, they're living in sin. They're not supposed to be married together. And there are many other Examples. And then the, the, the Mishnah starts off with, though, but assuming they're allowed to be married, there's no Avera. So the question is if the father and mother, who does the child go after? So Havlad Holacha The child goes after the male as far as um, uh, what status? The Ezezu, for example, Azu Kohana Kohenis Vilevi of Yisraelis. The mother is, the, is a daughter of a Kohen, a daughter of a Levi, a Yisraelis. Shenasa Kohen Levi Yisrael. And she marries, she marries out. <laughs> She's a daughter of a Kohen. She marries the daughter, the son of a Levi, right? So, uh, but it goes after the father. In other words, everything is kosher there, uh, but they take on the father's status. So the child will be a Kohen Levi or a Levi or Yisrael. Okay, that's category number one. Again, we'll see some more examples in the Gemara. Case number two. What about if they're, they're able to make a marriage, but the Torah frowns on that marriage? So then they get the lowest common denominator. Vlad, the child, the child gets the, um, the least uh, the, of the two. In other words, if people are joined in marriage in sin, then they're not supposed to, uh, then apparently they're tainted. Um, there is, um, uh, it, it is interesting, certain, certain genes tend to stick with people, or certain, you know, like, uh, uh, but it goes with the lower one. Okay, the Ezezu, for example, Zu Alman the Koin Gadol, a widow marries a Koin Gadol, Grushu Hlutz the Koin Hedget, so the father's a Koin, the father's a Koin Gadol, a Mamzer Benesin of Israel, or a Mamzer marries Israel, so, um, or Bas Israel, a Mamzer Nassin. Those kids are going to get uh, not their father, the Kohen Gadol, or their father, the Kohen. They'll be the status of their mother. Uh, they, they, they go after the weaker of the two. Okay. So if the mother's a Kohen, then in the case where the Kohen Gadol is a widow, the kid would still be a Kohen? I mean, it's still, no. Um, well, well, I, I know that says, but I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, no, the child would. Yeah, so we'll, um, uh, let's wait for the Gemara. Because, okay. uh, again, we're going to, most of these issues we're going to address at some point. The third case, the Kolsh, um, you, you're, say, you're, um, 
so the, the simple case is that he, um, he just marries a widow, and so normally you would have said it goes after the father, but in this case, since he married someone he wasn't supposed to, it'll go after. So you're asking, well, what if the, if the wife brought some positive things to the... That's what you're asking. Okay, so we'll wait for them. Next, the kosh mean eno love kedushin. This is category number three, where the marriage is not a marriage. Um, so uh, this, uh, the goyim, they go wrong on this. They think you can make up a marriage. You can have two men or two women, or you can have, uh, why not a, ma- uh, a man and a sister? You know, just call everything marriage. No, that's not the way it works. Marriage is kedushin. It's a certain holiness. You, you can't uh, duplicate that in, in other ways. So if there's somebody where there is no marriage, um, but these are people who could marry someone else. Havlad Mamser, the child becomes illegitimate. What is this? Somebody has relations with somebody forbidden. Uh, so uh, uh, the child will be a Mamser. But what if somebody's not even in a marriage category? So then the child is like them, and that's Vlad Shivka Venachris. If somebody has relations with a maidservant, or a non-Jew. Okay. Um, the, uh, let's just see Rashi, Havlad Kamo. So it's interesting over here, the, they, uh, the person marries a non-Jew, Vlad Nachri is Nachri. The child of a non-Jewish mother is a, is a Shegetz, is a non-Jew. V'im gira, and if they convert, Havigir Kasher ve'inu mamzer. So in, it's, uh, in other words, if they... Uh, they, they, um, they're a product of somebody that shouldn't be married, so they take on that status. I guess what the previous case was, we said they were people capable of marriage, it creates a mamzer. If they're people not cre- capable of marriage, it doesn't even create a mamzer, it just creates a, a, like a nothing, and from nothing you can become something. But in the previous case, it, it turns into sin. It's a, it's just interesting. It's like the it's a little bit of a surprise, you know. Like the you would have said that this is worse than a mamzer. Uh, in the previous case, it was possible to have kedushin, and then they they went and they had, they created a sin. They said a mamzer is worse than a convert. You know, it's a different. Uh, a mamzer is a product of sin, whereas a convert or a non-Jew never had the option to have kedushin at that point. And if they convert, they'll have the option of being uh, fresh, start. fresh start. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Okay, let's see the Gemara. So, Kol Makam Sheesh Kedushin. So, we started off with what looks like a rule that applies in all places, that you go, uh, you get the father's, uh, what do they call it, paternal, uh, um, you, you follow the father's, you take on the dad's status. So, as long as everything else is legal. So, Kol Makam Sheesh Kedushin, Amar Lei Shimon, the Rav Yochanan Kalalahu. Are you sure that this is a famous rule that there's no exceptions? Um, as long as there's uh, capable of making a marriage and there's no sin in the marriage, are you sure that that's true in every case? So let's find the exception. As we turn to today's page. 67a. At the top. Ger. Mr. Ger, the man's a convert. And he marries a mamzeris. He marries a, uh, a somebody that was born of sin. Diyesh uh, kedushin. They there is a, you, she's Jewish and they're able to make a marriage. Ve'ena vera and there's no special sin. And uh, you would have thought that uh, since a ger is allowed to marry a mamzer, that uh, 
um, maybe the child should go after the dad and be kosher. And we say, like, that's the rule of the Mishnah, is as long as the marriage was legal, she gets the, uh, the status of the father. And here, Avlad Holochach HaPokim, the child uh, stays with the Mamzer. The Tanya Gershon, that's what I'm there, it's Avlad Mamzer, Divir Yosi. So um, we, this seems to not fit our rule that as long as the marriage is kosher, it goes after the dad. Here it goes after the mother. So Omer, Omer Le, he answers, Mi Savras Masisa, you're right, there is one opinion like that, but who says our Mishnah agrees with Rabbi Yossi? Masisa Rabbi Yehuda. Maybe it goes like, Rida Magir lo Yisamamzeris, that there is an Avera, even for a gear to marry a Mamzeris, because uh, since there's the sin, We've always said the sin creates the reality that uh, if there's a marriage with sin involved, that child is going to get that sin. Havlad holakakarapakim. He gets the, uh, that's what he inherits. Okay. So that, uh, that answers that question. So now the Gemara says, Venisni, um, uh, so uh, if this is true, that this is a case of uh, where they're not supposed to marry and the child gets the, um, why didn't it make our list? Our Mishnah doesn't give the examples. The next Mishnayas are going to give some of the examples of the cases in our Mishnah. And this one didn't make the list. So why not? So the answer is, Tani Kolmachim the Sefer Answer number one, um, you could interpret it to be included in the general rule of the second case. Uh, we don't always, we give a few examples, we don't give every example. And in the second case, it, it leaves room that there are more cases. So this could fit. If you want, you could squeeze that into the rule of the second case. The second case was when they're not supposed to be married, that it gets the, 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 the weak status of the two. Or if you want, really, uh, we could agree with Rebiosi. Uh, you know, we don't want to say we don't agree with him. The Tani, Ezezu, uh, um, later on, when we said which is the case, the first case of the Mishnah, the Ezezu Vesulo. Uh, I'm sorry, when we said later on which cases fit the Mishnah, that implied that not every case fits the first rule. This was our initial question. We said anytime people are allowed to get married, they get the, the positive status of the father. And we had a question, if a gear marries a mamzer, that technically like Rav Yossi, that's legal, and the gear ends up being stuck being a mamzer. Why is that? So um, our answer is, well, maybe we don't agree with you, Yossi. But this answer is, even if we agree with Rav Yossi, there's room to say that there is an exception. Because the Mishnah in the second part said, which is the case that we spoke about? Which implies that we didn't speak about every case. And there was the, the language of the second part that we bring later, where it says, Ezezu, that tells us that we didn't mean every case. But Tani, which one is it? And implies that it's, it's true. If we just said, this is the rule, it'd be a rule always. But when you say, and which case does that rule apply, that means the rule doesn't apply to every case. So, fine. Uh, the, now, Mar has a question, though. You're mentioning that there's this rule. Later on, we say, which one? Ezezu, are you telling me that there's only one exception? Uh, what about the following? What about where somebody who was an ex-Kohen, his, his parents were Kohanim, and uh, father was a Kohen, and he lived with a woman he shouldn't, where the child becomes... Acholo, and he marries a Bas Yisrael, the Yesh Kedushin, there's a, uh, they're allowed to get married, the, the, uh, the Acholo-ness carries on to the next generation. There's a status of being somebody who profaned their kahuna. So you see the, um, uh, the uh, this doesn't fit our rule. 
So, because um, they were, uh, what they it shouldn't, um, the, um, uh, so why didn't it make, why isn't it listed? So Lumora said, hi, Lokasha. It's not a question, because we actually had an opinion that said that a good Jewish mother could fix up things. That was Reb Dustoy. He called the Jewish woman a mikveh tahara, that even if she marries a cholo, as long as it's legitimate to marry, the taint won't go to the next generation. It's a great expression that a Jewish woman is like a mikveh tahara, if you remember, like the, I mean, when you think about it, it's like, you know, a mom can fix everything, you know, what, what can I, so he says, sorry, he says, svarlai. So, uh, that, but we had a different opinion. I, Barrett, next question, though. Well, what about a Yisrael marries uh, the daughter of, a, of an ex-Kohen? Uh, and over there, it goes after the, um, the father. Uh, the says, That could be included in the first case. Well, it should be mentioned. And the says, Because uh, now we're asking about, either we're asking about the exceptions, or we're asking about things that fit the rule, but for some reason weren't listed. <laughs> so that's, that's really where the Gemara, this one, it fits the rule, but it's not listed. Why didn't it make the list? So now the Gemara tells us if we threw this one in, it would, have, it would have been confusing. We wouldn't have been able to get away with listing our Mishnah. And he explains. So, hey, Nisni, how should we do it? You write the Mishnah. Kohan, Evelaviv, Yisraelis, Vichalala. If you have any of these four categories, a kohana, kohenis, for Levi Yisrael, or a chalala, shenasa l'koyin Levi Yisrael, or chalala. Now, it, it, the problem is, it, once you throw the chalala into the case, the chalala, the, the l'koyin, mi chazi, a kohen's not supposed to marry a chalala. So that's why we left it out, because it would have, it would have confused. The, the way we learned it, we stuck with kohen Levi Yisrael. Any kohen Levi Yisrael can marry kohen Levi Yisrael. To throw a cholol in because there, it could have happened to the other two, that's too, uh, uh, that would have been awkward. Okay, next question. I, the Ika, the Rabbi Barachana. Well, what about Rabbi Barachana's case? So, Omer Rabbi Barachana, Omer Rabbi Yochana, Mitzri Sheni. You have Egyptian converts. There are some uh, converts that can convert to Judaism, but then they're not able to marry Jews. There are some converts that can convert to Judaism and they can never marry Jews forever. And then there are some that can marry after three generations. That's Egyptian converts. But they've got to wait, you know, to, for the, almost for like the Egyptianness to like fade or whatever, for the Jewish genes to take over. So um, the question though is, what if the father is the second generation uh, Egyptian? So he's already a little bit better, but the mother's a first generation. So what's the child? So um, removed. Yeah. One is one 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 generation removed. The other is two generations removed. Right. So the question is, what does the child get? So uh, so we say over here, but no shlishi. The child gets to be a shlishi, which is then permitted. A, um, a third generation can come in. He's allowed in the Jewish. So basically, it works out good. So. Um, so that works out. That the child goes has, after the dad. The benefit of the of more time. Right. Which, but in this case, he goes after the father, meaning that you don't say that a mother was a first and he's a second. You say the father was a second, so he's a third. Which is, is um, so. Why didn't that make the list? 
So the more answer is Tani Kolmakam Dereshim Lesuye. You could say that that's included in the in when the Mishnah said any place. Now this is a, there's no sin. A second generation convert, uh, Egyptian convert, can marry a first generation. It's still a good shidduch. And so that we let them go after the father, that shouldn't be, it fits into that rule. Rumora says, But according to Rivdimi, it doesn't fit the rule. <laughs> so um, so uh, the Gemara answers, Tani So then you have to learn the mission excluded it. So basically, again, we have, typically we go after the father, and, but our mission didn't list this case. So why didn't it list it? So one answer is it did include it, or another answer, if you hold that in this case it doesn't go after the father, then maybe it's excluded from the second part. There's a lot of wiggle room over here in the listing of the cases. That's really what comes out. Uh, so our, our answer is that when the second part said, which is it, it meant this case and not that case. So now the Morris says, well, well, what about the following? What about Gentiles? Uh, uh, two non-Jews marry. Um, now, this is mostly important to them because if you were from the seven nations, you had to be wiped out. Uh, the, and so the seven nations that lived in Eretz Israel were so bad that Hashem said at some point that there was a mitzvah to destroy them. Whereas other nations, there was no mitzvah to destroy them and they could eventually convert. But what about if you have a half and half? You have a father who's from the seven nations or a mother from the seven nations. So does it go by the father or go by the mother? So we need to know when Gentiles marry, what is the child? Uh, when do we look at the father, look at the mother. So he said, Umos with Gentiles, we go with paternal. Nisgayer, if they convert, you look at the lowest common denominator. Tani, we learned, so uh, we learned that we're excluding that case. So if you said our mission went like Rehuda, come Malkam de Resha. So now basically we threw a whole lot of curveballs at us um, from all of these cases. And the problem will be that the Mishnah can exclude one case, but not two cases. And the Mishnah can include one case, but not multiple cases. And so once we've already included and excluded, we have to see if we get into trouble with that. So that's, that's the more is going to work it out. It charts out. It's better if these are things that chart out better. If you put them on the charts, then you see it. The art school has, starts, starts putting charts for these. He says like, yeah. Can you, can you explain that case a little bit more? I'm not clear about that. Um, the, the, two, the two non-Jews that get married? Yeah, so Rashi brings it. Um, this is Ravar Barchana. No, which one is it? Ravin. Yeah, that's, you want the case of Ravin. Uh, let's see Rashi, six, seven lines. Well, that's not the Rashi we want. Um, well, that a rubber, but Mitzri Sheni Shanasa Mitzri No, that was the earlier case. Um, no, we're talking about somebody from the uh, the seven nations, from the seven peoples that have to be destroyed, marries a regular non-Jew. So the question is, they have a child. Is that child considered from the seven nations, or is he just considered uh, one of the other nations? 
That, that's going to be the question. Okay. Yeah, Rabbi Stein? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a question way at the very top of the page when it says on the top there, would it be the same halach if it were the other way around, if it was a, a Gioras who married a, a male mamzer? Does anything Correct. change? Nothing changes. Correct. Okay. Yeah. That's why it says the, it goes after the poem. Okay. So let's see the Gemara. So, Bishlema, three lines to the bottom. It, our Mishnah, if it goes like Rabbi Yehuda, Kol Makam Neresha. So now let's see how each opinion works out. So when it said in the first case, all cases, which whenever it says all, coming to include something, that comes to include the Israel that marries the Chalala, that it goes after the death. Uh, and that's, um, and uh, that's like um, Rabbi Barchana. And when the Mishnah came to say only a certain case, that comes to Rivdimi and Ravan's case. And Kol Makam de Seifa, as we turn the page, and when, the, when we got to the, the third part where it said all cases, that came to include Gershinos and Mitris. So, so far, you can explain all those three factors of the Mishnah if you fit it in um, like um, uh, Rabbi Yehuda. But if you fit it in like Rabbi Yossi, and so now, again, we have to see how each one works out. The first one that, we, that came to include, like we said. Like we said. It's interesting why sometimes the Gemara says, well, just look back how we said, and sometimes the Gemara tells you what, uh, you know, but anyway, that, that we said. But what, what, what does the final case come to include? So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, well, even like Rabbi Yehuda, you still have a question. They say, what, what, what does this part come to include? So now we give an answer, and this is a, a common answer, which is that if you have a complex Mishnah, definitely the Mishnah won't list things that are unnecessary. But at some point, if there's three or four cases, it's possible that one of the cases was listed doesn't teach us something new, but just keeps the, Mishnah, the teachings of the Mishnah uniform and easy to memorize. And that's the ID rule. So the Morris says, well, you have to, to, to ask what every single case teaches us. The last case, you could say, Aidi, Aidi, Tani, Reisha, Ezezu. Since in the first case we said, which one is it? And we meant to exclude something. Tani, Seife, Ezezu. And we meant to, uh, and there we didn't necessarily mean to exclude something. So once you're going to say that, Hachanami, Aidi, Tani, Reisha, Kolmakam. Since in the first case we, we wanted to include something, Tani, Nami, Seife, Kolmakam, even though it doesn't include something. So the bottom line is it'd be very difficult to prove that one of these opinions is wrong because you could always say that some of the terms that were listed were, didn't mean to necessarily include or exclude something. Okay, moving on. Goofin, let's, let's examine one of the cases we had before. This uh, We said with non-Jews, you look at the dead. And if they convert, and they'll carry the taint of the lowest of them, what does that mean? What does that mean? Kedetanya, like we learned. A Kananis is from the seven nations that, that lived in Canaan. That's, that's the, they, they, uh, so how do you know if one of the non-Jews has, takes a, the, the father is a regular non-Jew and the mother is the Canaanite? Havad, the Ben, and they have a son. So the question is, if the father... Um, wasn't a Canaanite, so then the child won't be a Canaanite. Shata Rishai Luknoso, and you'd be allowed to buy him as a servant. Talmud Lomer, Megami, Netoshim, Gorim, Yukam, Mehem, Tiknu. It includes, the Torah seems to include buying them 
uh, that, that tells you if you buy them, it means you don't have to wipe them out. So if that's true, af evid shabal shifka min umus. Well, what about if you uh, if uh, uh, the father was a servant and the mother was from those nations and they have a child? Maybe you would think you would be allowed to buy them. It has to be. Um, uh, it can't be from the ones that are here now uh, that are servants, but uh, ones that are 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 bought from from afar. This is an exclusion to that rule of, of who you could buy and who you can't uh, acquire. This, um, I don't know if there's a logic to that. I'm not sure what the Sephora is, why there's a difference, whether it was born here or born outside the land of Israel, about who you can acquire um, at, as an Evid. I would just say that acquiring as a servant means that they become part of your household and they convert and they're a half-Jew, and it's very problematic to think that you could take a Canaanite and turn him into a half-Jew. You, know, like, you have to destroy them, but somehow if they, uh, under the right circumstances, they, they aren't considered a Canaanite. Okay, so then we send these Gairu, then you go, they, they do get the bottom taint. So what was that referring to? I think this might have been what was the case Richard was looking for, but I'm not sure. The Bamai, what was the case? Elema Mitzvishinotzi Ammonis. If you got an Egyptian and an Ammonis, my pagamika. Uh, what's the uh, what would the what what's the negative thing here? Ammoni velo Ammonis. Um, the the it's not. Sometimes a child carries a taint, and sometimes it's not that it's a taint. It's just that uh, it doesn't. It goes through the male line, not through the female line. <laughs> That's not not the. Where's the elo Ammonis shenosi mitzvis? It must be that the father was an Ammoni and the mother was a Mitzvah. The Izachar, and um, uh, the, if they have a boy, Haishari Basrei, then he goes after uh, the Ammoni, the father. The uh, Imnekeva, and if it's a girl, Shari Basrei Dide, then it goes after her. So then we said, Kosh Love Kedush, and then we get to the last rule of the Mishnah where there's uh, somebody married who wasn't supposed to be married. Manahani, where do we know this rule? The Omer of Chia, Barava, Omer of Yo, Matabe Mishum, Rev Yanai, Rev Achabraid, Rev Taravo, Matabe Mishum, Yosaglil, Omer Krod says like this. The Yotimi base of a Holchavai, Selish Acher, and somebody goes out of your house and they get married, Lacherim, Alola Krovim. It means that they married someone else, uh, but they didn't marry a relative. In other words, if you marry a relative, then it's impossible to have a marriage. It has to be somebody else. How do you know which relative? How do you know it's a sister? Uh, maybe it's somebody else and not to your son. So Morris said, well, Ben, you can't, uh, a person shouldn't marry the wife of his father. So, um, so, Acher Lamali. So, why does it say Acher Shmami? It's coming to tell you that it's, it's, if somebody marries somebody who they're capable of having a marriage with, but not if they married a relative, where we basically say that there, there's, no, um, uh, there's no marriage, there's no Kedushin Tosin. Okay, one second. Yeah. The Amy Aidib Aidib Laben. So again, we're, the verse is talking about somebody that marries someone they shouldn't. And our question is, which relative is it that they're marrying 
that they shouldn't. Um, if um, Trying to think what that pasuk is, what the what the the, the, the first part is, but uh, but either way, so uh, we're saying that you're incapable of having marriage with relatives. How do we know all relatives? Maybe it's just uh, certain relatives. So maybe both of them are referring to the sons and ha'lochatila and habidiyevit. Maybe it's telling you uh, that ideally you shouldn't, and even if you go ahead and do it, it's no good. So, we always learn out from sisters that. What? You have the beginning? Yeah. That's the whole thing. It says that a person shouldn't marry their father's wife and uncover their father's nakedness. So, what happens uh, if they did marry their. Um, um, married their father's wife. Okay. So really where the Gemara is getting after is we have a lot of forbidden relatives and we're saying a rule about marrying any of them. How do we know that, ref- that you, the rule would be of any of the forbidden ones? Maybe it's only the specific ones mentioned in the Pasuk. So the Gemara answers, we use Achos Isha, the, uh, the wife's sister, as a rule. And, th- and now we get to the rule. My Achos Isha Bekaris. Um, if the, you marry your wife's sister and you'll be cut off, and it says you can't have a marriage in her, lo tikdash, um, I'm sorry. So there the Torah says if you marry her, um, it's curtains, you get cut off. Now there are other forbidden marriages that the Torah says you'll get killed for in this world. <laughs> That's so chayve misis based in lo kosher. So certainly you would get, uh, there's no marriage in them. So the Morris says, Maybe both of them are just talking about the sister. How do we know that it's including these other categories of forbidden relatives? The Morris said, uh, uh, You're right. Uh, from that alone, we wouldn't necessarily know them. So then what's the source? So now the Gemara will get to it. I only know the, your wife's sister you can't marry. And how do I know the other ones? You have to know that uh, in earlier times they did marry relatives. Even, uh, even before the Torah was given, it was relatively common to marry relatives. And so uh, how do we know that there's no marriage in them? So the more answers, We learn out from, we see Achosisha, the wife's sister, as a general rule. What's unique about that? That she's somebody who's called an erva to you. She's a forbidden woman. The Chayavaz Donokaris, and if you person were to have relations with their wife's sister and they did it on purpose, they'll be cut off from Hashem. We talked about this being the ultimate punishment. Like we're all connected to Hashem, and the ultimate punishment is to be cut off. Uh, we always try to get a better connection. You know, I look at like the phone company, they're always telling you we can make it faster, we can make it stronger, we can make it, you know, we raise your bill, but don't worry, we gave you better. Uh, uh, better, uh, better connection. So, uh, but the ultimate punishment is to be cut off. There's no connection. That's in the Oh, I'm not. No, no. Karis is in this world. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. It's in this world. So, um, 
the question is if you can fix it. If you, somebody cuts the wire, is there a way to fix it, right? But uh, if they did it on purpose, so what if it was a mistake? Then they have to bring a chatos. And we say they're not married, even though they pretended to be married, and even though he proposed to her and had a chasana, it doesn't work. Anyone else who's in that category of erva, a forbidden relationship, and if they did it on purpose, they'll be cut off. If they did it by mistake, they'll have to bring it up. So, um, again, initially our Gemara was studying the psukim and wanted to stick to the specific erva mentioned the specific forbidden relation. And so how do, so now we're saying that at this point that we learn out that they're all in the same category. So the Gemara said, Bishle um, I understand how you can kind of, you know, lobby them all together. They're all learned together. Don't marry your, you know, they're, they're, they're on Yom Kippur in the afternoon. We read about all the forbidden relationships, right? So uh, it, it, I understand that you, it's relatively easy to put them all together. But Ella Aishis Ish, the Aishis Ach, but a married woman and uh, the brother's wife, you could think are different. Um, uh, and the reason why, my, uh, and that is because the, um, you, there is a case where you're allowed to marry your brother's wife if the person dies without kids. And in Aishis Ish, if the husband gives a divorce, you can marry. So it's not an erva that lasts forever. This woman isn't permanently forbidden to you only as long as she's married to someone. So you might, those, those two might be different because they're not, they're not permanently... Uh-oh. Something happened to our record. No, we are recorded. Okay. Uh, they're not permanently forbidden. I'm spook- it's spooked out when I... If I the recording goes off, it means I might not be saying the truth. It doesn't need to, it didn't make it. But at any rate. So, So, Morris says, well, you could ask, even the wife's sister, you can never marry your wife's sister as long as the wife is alive. Whereas uh, with your uh, brother's wife, if there's a mitzvah of Yibam, you are allowed. Morris says, "Aishis ish," and uh, uh, the uh, a married woman also. You could ask, "My lahana shekain ain lo heter bechay osrud." All these other relatives, as long as the one that makes it forbidden is alive, there's no permission. There's no way to marry them. Tamar beaishis ish, whereas uh, a man's wife shleisho heter bechay osrud. There is a way you could marry them if uh, he gives a divorce. So we're back to the drawing board on putting all of these in the same category to say that uh, they should all be the same, that you can't marry them, and if you have a child, what the status is. Um, basically, we're saying some of them are different than others. So, He says there's a different Pasuk that will help us out over here. And this is the uh, one that we use. It says like this, Anybody who does any of these disgusting things, Vinikasa will be cut off. The Torah here means to give us the rule that all Arias are in the same category of your wife's sister. My Just like if you want to marry your wife's sister, it won't work. Uh, so you can't have them. So then the Mora says, if that's true, what about Nida? <laughs> Nida doesn't, you're not allowed to, uh, a person not supposed to be married to a woman the wrong time of the month. 
And yet over there, you can marry a woman while she's Anita. Right? So, but we'll have to find out tomorrow.